I don't know what to do. I love my daughter. I have always done my best to love her, to support and protect her. But I feel, I feel like such a failure. Her life is so different from what we had prayed and imagined it would be. My wife and I have bailed her out of more dangerous and unhealthy situations than we could count. We've given her money. We tried to seek professional help for her. We've done everything we could think of. Yet, despite all of these struggles, we love her. I want to be very clear about that. But we also love our grandson. His mother is supposed to be his comfort, his protector. But with her life changes, she has put his health, his security, and his happiness at risk. Our grandson loves his mother with his whole heart. And on the very rare occasion when she decides to spend time with him, it leaves him feeling sad, rejected, lost. I know there are no easy solutions to any of this. So should we continue to pick up the broken pieces of our grandson when, our, when his mother decides to leave him yet again? Or should we go to court to seek legal custody and cut off all contact with his mother to keep his emotional and physical suffering at a minimum? Will we look back at all the decisions we've made and regret them? Will our daughter ever speak to us or her son again? Will our grandson hate us for keeping him away from his mother? I just don't know what to do. Jesus knows. Even though we try to hide it, Jesus knows that there are those moments when we just don't know what we're doing. And I think this feeling is especially relevant right now in COVID-19 and how our, our lives and our world has changed so much. What is happening? But I also think that this experience of just not knowing what we're doing is a very human 
experience as we just heard in the drama now. Just a real quick story. Uh, I was at a great concert. One of my favorite groups is a jazz fusion group called Snarky Puppy. And I was at the lead center. And about halfway through the concert, uh, they were addressing the audience and they were taking requests. You know, what song have we not played yet that you were hoping to hear when we, can't, when we came to town? And so, you know, they, they play all instrumental music, so I don't know a lot of the titles of their songs, but one title that I, I remember, and it's a song that I really liked a lot, was called Binky. So I started shouting out, Binky, Binky, play Binky. <laughs> and there was a guy behind me who had to lean over and tell me, from behind, they just played that song. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and so it is in these moments that Jesus speaks. Heavenly Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And I know that these words especially ring true now because so much has been thrown up in the air, so much has changed. For example, right here at church, at Sheridan, and how we now have to worship together. Um, and there continue to be more questions. How will we do funerals? How will we do weddings? How, how does school look now? How do teachers continue to teach? How do students continue to learn? And what about people who are not able to work right now. And how long is this pandemic going to last? Are we talking weeks or are we talking months? It feels like we don't know what we're doing. And yet here is the good news. The good news is that with a lot of grace, and with a lot of forgiveness for ourselves, from others, and from God. We can get through this. God will lead us beyond this pain and suffering. So I want to take a look at our uh, scripture passage that Erica read earlier. Uh, I invite you to open up your Bible. Just grab a Bible that I hope that you have access to at home, or if you have a Bible app, open that up on your phone or your tablet. Uh, whatever device that might be on. And our scripture passage is Luke chapter 23, verses 26 through 34. And, uh, and I think that that's on the bottom of your screen. So um, I'll give you a moment just to find our scripture passage. Now I want to begin by just taking a look at that last verse of our scripture passage. These are the words that I've been referring to. And again, just a reminder that Jesus is speaking these words from the cross. When Jesus is in his body experiencing pain and anguish and suffering, Jesus says this to all of us, to humanity. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. 
And I think that at this time that we are in right now with COVID-19, I think that these are especially the words that we need to hear. This is the grace that we need to hear from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now also in our passage, there are three people, and I want to take a look at each of these three people. Uh, Simon of Cyrene, there are women who are weeping, and, and then there are the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees are not specifically mentioned in this passage, but they are implied. Uh, they are still very much a part of this passage. So let's take a look first at verse 26. Uh, this is the beginning of our passage. And this is Simon Cyrene. And in the Gospel of Luke, his story is literally one verse long. So it's not a very long story. But we can actually uh, know a little bit about Simon simply from his name. His name is Simon of Cyrene. And, uh, and so we know where he is from. Cyrene is either a city or a region in Africa. Uh, today, we would call this the country of Libya. So Simon is a foreigner. He's not from Jerusalem, and he's actually from quite a distance away. And what Bible scholars believe is that he's probably some kind of a spiritual or a religious pilgrim, that this is an experience that Simon has probably planned for and prepared for for a very long time, and now he has finally made it to the holy city of Jerusalem. He has made it to this, uh, just this huge festival of the Passover. But as he's experiencing all this that he has anticipated and been excited for for so long, a Roman soldier grabs him out of the crowd and forces him to carry the heavy and painful cross of Jesus. Now, maybe Simon knew who Jesus was. Maybe he didn't know who Jesus was. Maybe he understood or maybe he didn't understand what the uproar around Jesus was. But what we know for sure is that Simon experienced and was thrown into something that he didn't understand. He didn't know what was happening to him. And I think in these days, we can really identify with Simon of Cyrene, being thrown into something that we don't quite know what's happening and we don't know how this is going to continue to unfold moving forward. Now in the next verse, verse 27, we hear about women who are following Jesus and they follow Jesus for some time and they are weeping, they are, they are so sad, they, they believe in Jesus, they are inspired by Jesus. But now Jesus is walking to his death and they are weeping. But we will find out that they also don't know what they are doing. See, Jesus turns to these women and, and he says, Do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves. And Jesus go on, goes on to say that it's going to be much worse than this. What Jesus is saying is, don't weep for me, but weep for an unjust and corrupt system that is not only causing me to suffer, but that is causing tens of thousands of people to suffer, and this will continue on into the future. So while it is the case that these women who are weeping have their heart in the right 
place, they still don't know what they're doing. Now let's take a closer look at the Pharisees. Now again, I said that the Pharisees are not mentioned, but they are implied because they are the ones who make the case that Jesus must die. And this is where Jesus is headed. The Pharisees think that they know what they are doing. They believe that they are right and others are wrong. But again, they don't know what they're doing. Their hearts are blind. Their hearts, in fact, are even in the wrong place. And we know this because they cannot see Jesus for who he truly is, the Son of God. And I think sometimes this can be the case in our lives. Our hearts are blind. Our hearts are in the wrong place. We believe that we are right and others are wrong, and yet we don't know what we're doing. And so for all of us who feel like we don't know what we're doing, or even if we don't feel like we don't know what we're doing, but we still don't know what we're doing, Jesus responds with forgiveness. Now, I want to go into what forgiveness means here. Because we call this, when Jesus forgives us from the cross, we call this our salvation. So if we are being saved by this forgiveness, then this salvation needs to lead somewhere. This is why we must not think of forgiveness as something that lets us off the hook of our sin. Because being let off the hook doesn't really lead us or help us to go anywhere with Jesus. Jesus' forgiveness is actually calling us and empowering us in the midst of pain, suffering, even uncertainty, to now be bold, to now act in new ways, to be hopeful and to love and to put our faith into action in times of uncertainty, in times of pain. Martin Luther had a great way of putting this. Uh, he has a very famous saying, and it's kind of a provocative saying because Martin Luther was a provocative personality. But Martin Luther said, sin boldly. Now, why would Martin Luther say such a thing? Well, Martin Luther was being uh, hidden in the Wartburg Castle, and uh, his good friend Melanchthon was in Wittenberg. And the Reformation was in full tilt, and there were all kinds of changes. Some of those changes were very radical, but everybody had an idea. Everybody, uh, you know, was, was doing all kinds of things to change. And Melanchthon was left all by himself in Wittenberg to kind of be the leader of this, uh, of this Reformation. But, Martin Lu uh, but Melanchthon was, was not of the personality where he, you know, just kind of jumped in there and took care of things. He was a little bit more reserved and, you know, kind of anxious. And Martin Luther recognized that Melanchthon was probably paralyzed with fear. All the chaos that's happening around the Reformation, all the uncertainty, Melanchthon was just 
frozen and wouldn't do anything. So Martin Luther wanted to inspire his friend, wanted to call his friend to action. And so he wrote to him, sin boldly and believe in God's grace more boldly still. So Martin Luther was not uh, giving us a license to sin by saying sin boldly. Sin boldly means that in times of uncertainty, these are the moments when God calls us to jump more deeply into life, jump more deeply into relationship, jump more deeply into what God's up to, to share our our gifts, to share our love, to identify needs that might be around us, to share our gifts. But it's going to be uncertain. It's going to feel risky. It's going to still feel chaotic. So this is what I would ask you to do. I would ask you to commit with those that you are watching this live stream worship with, to commit to some kind of bold new action. Because, you know, we continue to have a lot of needs. We all have physical needs, we have social needs, we have emotional needs, and we all have spiritual needs. And while, you know, we're in this new reality and we're limited because we have to social distance and we have to frequently wash our hands and we need to take all the proper precautions. And yet at the same time, there are still needs. There, there is still life that needs to be lived. There's still work that we need to do. There's still learning that we need to do. There's still, we still need to be a family. We still need to be the church. Now it's very normal we, we, it, to, to not know how we're gonna carry this out, what this is gonna look like. There's a lot of uncertainty. But in these uncertain times, do not be frozen. Do not be paralyzed in fear or despair. I want us to commit to bold and faithful action. I want us to find new ways to love each other, new ways to teach, new ways to learn, new ways to use technology, new ways to stay connected, new ways to receive the faith of others, and new ways to share our faith with others. Be bold, be courageous, with a lot of grace and with a lot of courage and with a lot of forgiveness, God will lead us through these times beyond pain and suffering. Amen.